the Brooklyn Grit pregame pod with Bruce Jones starts right now. All right, great listeners, we are back with another pregame show. It is Tuesday, November 19th, and the Nets play the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night at Barclays Center. Uh, 7.30 game, Yes Network. Um, I had our buddy, the infamous Matt Brooks on to uh, help me do this pod, and you're going to be hearing a lot more of Matt. Um, love talking to him. we got some good chemistry. He's very knowledgeable. And he likes doing these pregame pods with me, so you'll be hearing a lot more of them. So I won't go too depth, too in depth here. Um, depending on what betting site you're looking at, the Nets are either four and a half, five, or five and a half point favorites. I think it's nuts. I, I look at this Nets team without Kyrie. I look at them getting their asses kicked by Indiana, and I really worry about tomorrow. I am just hoping that. You know, they were pissed off by that Indiana game. Losing on their home court like that, getting their asses kicked. That, it, you know, it, a little fire in their bellies to get it going. Um, I didn't make a prediction with Matt, so I'm going to make my prediction here. I'm going to say the Nets win 112-109. Get back that march towards 500. Um, and we'll, we'll see. I think Brandon and I are going to do a live stream tomorrow after the game. Um, so look forward to that on Twitter and we'll have another pregame pod coming out. Um, this week we'll probably cover, uh, both Friday and Sunday games and that's about it. So I hope you enjoy this with Matt Brooks. We went a little longer than usual. We went about 17, 18 minutes. So hopefully this is good for your commute, your lunchtime break, a little work break, commute home right before the game, wherever you make time for us. We appreciate you. We love you. Great listeners. Go Nets. Hey, great listeners, just want to give my charity a shout-out real quick. Uh, Jenny's Toys, it's all over my Twitter. I mentioned it on the pod uh, last last time. Um, my wife and I, we sponsor families in memory of my sister who passed away, and uh, we need a lot of help this year. We got 25 families. We, we took on 40 kids in the foster system. So if you go on my Twitter page, at RUFan130, you check out the pinned tweet. There's an Amazon list. You click, you buy stuff, it ships directly to us. We organize it, we sort it out, we make deliveries. Um, we got foster kids, we got eight families of kids in the hospital. We got um, families all over Jersey, local families through word of mouth that we try to help out. So if you could help us, we would love that. We need all the help we can get. Thanks in advance. Go Nets. All right, great listeners, we are back. Recording on Tuesday, November 19th. Uh, this is the pregame pod to the Nets playing Charlotte tomorrow, Wednesday, November 20th. And we have our resident Charlotte Hornets expert, Matt Brooks, on again. Matt, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh, a little tired right now, but pushing through. Um, I know, you know, first of all, I love coming on and doing these. They're quick and to the point, and it's a good way for me to get ready for certain games and, like, look at stats and figure out what I should be looking for. But, two, I mean, you're a good buddy of mine, and I always like to help you out if, if you need someone to uh, come on and do a podcast. So, you know. I, I, I appreciate you, and I think we're just going to have to change this to the Matt and Bruce pregame show. <laughs> yeah. at, at this point, it is what it is. And <laughs> feedback's been fantastic. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll be down for that. Always appreciate you. All right, so got another home game. 
coming off a disappointing blowout loss to the Pacers starting a third-string backcourt of brothers. And here we are, three games under 500, uh, facing a Charlotte team who's <clears throat> overachieving a little bit. Uh, they're the opposite of the Nets where they, they get down early and they overcome 15-point leads and make buzzer beaters. Um, so, Matt, tell us about the Charlotte team, man, because they, it's weird. They, they have a point guard who I barely knew before the season. Terry Rosaire is playing up and down. Yeah, I expected him to. I, I, I look at this roster, and they're a team of scrubs. But yeah, they, they're decent. They, I mean, I I think that. Well, one, I I I don't know. I have honestly not watched a ton of this team to be completely truthful with you. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you know, they're like I know they're playing well, but like the players on this team are just no one that really excite me. I should probably start buying into this whole. Uh, this this whole resurgence from their young guys and like start investing in them a little bit more uh but the guy like i I think the guy that like most stood out to me preseason for them was uh was cody zeller okay automatically that that made them a cross off if that's the one guy that sticks out to me on an nba team i'm probably not gonna be watching a ton of them yeah um but yeah man like i Devontae graham is kind of like He's been like a little bit of a Kemba light for them, which is interesting just like in terms of how many threes he's hitting and how good he's been off the dribble and stuff like that. Uh, it seems like they must have a good coach. I mean, or at least a good developmental guy. Um, Something. Something that has like a kind of future forward offense. Um, and some of the stats that I've seen have been pretty staggering just about uh, like their ability to come back into games. They, they remind me actually a lot of the Nets last year where it's just like this team that's sort of overachieving, you know, teams count them out as like an easy schedule win. And then they come in and they, you know, they, they play professionally for a couple quarters and it turns into a win. So yeah, I, I'm kind of saving most of my stats and whatever for the, uh, the three keys to victory. Okay. Um, yeah. Just looking up and down this roster, a lot of young guys, Devonte Graham was the guy I was referring to that I barely heard of before the season got started. Yeah. 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 And they have a bunch of vets who I, I know they've had some injuries and, and such, but their their vets don't even play. Marvin Williams barely plays. That's weird. Uh, to me. Hergen, Herman Hernan Gomez barely plays. Yeah. Michael Kroakis, I know he's injured. Uh, Batum just came back from an injury, so it, they, they literally dealing with like a makeshift roster. But yeah, Very they're weird. done, and they're they're beating bad teams, which is something the Nets aren't doing on a consistent basis. Um, so no Kyrie again tomorrow. Yep. We're rolling yeah. out with the same team that we played against the Bulls, who pulled out a nice little victory, and the same team that got blown out by Indiana. Yeah, that Bulls team, like, watching it again, they're really bad. And Indiana, say what you want, that's a well-coached team, and they have, like, really is. the bonus is outstanding. Like, I, I just think he's unbelievable. I really, like – yeah, I know Brogdon's been playing amazing for them, but he, I just – He's got to be like one B for their best player. I think he's so much better than Turner, and kind of makes Turner expendable almost. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the Nets like it's a lot of Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, you have to hope that Joe Harris gets going early because he's one of those guys like if he makes his first couple shots, the floor opens up for him. If he doesn't, that was then, the Bulls. Yeah, exactly. You know that was like the Joe Harris game of the of a lifetime. But, yeah. you know, if he's not, like, it, it turns into what we saw on, you know, on the, in that Pacers game. Like, 
he came out swinging the first couple of minutes. He was he was playing hard defensively, and then by the end of it, he was getting lost on back cuts and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, to rely that much on those two, and really, I mean, it starts coming down to, like, Garrett Temple isolations, like Shumpert doing pull-up threes. Ooh. It's it's not pretty, man. Like, I don't I, – this is, a t, uh, like, a, a game where – I I really think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I mean, I I I get the whole like Kyrie is can be a little bit of a distraction within certain locker rooms, but man, this Nets team really needs him. <laughs> and it's, oh. it's 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 I think it's going to become more and more evident the more he sits out. So yeah, I think you're right. So I'm I'm looking at that Indiana game right before I told you my my power went out and transformer blew. So I listened to most of the game in my car, mm-hmm. but r- right before my power went out, they were up fourteen to six. They were playing hard on defense. Jared yep. Allen, like you said, Joe Harris is playing incredible. Jared Allen was just eating the paint alive. And then all of a sudden, they missed 20 out of 21 shots in a row. And if Kyrie's on the floor, that doesn't happen. Kyrie ends that cold streak somewhere in there. So does and Karras. I, yeah, that's true. So does Karras. And, yeah, Karras would have gotten to the basket and got an easy bucket. So I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of bad things in that game. But if you miss 20 of 21 – in a second quarter being tied, it's impossible to win a game like that. On your home floor, too. I, mean, oh, on your, well, I feel bad for the fans who paid to be there. I mean, that was 100%. as embarrassing as a loss as I can remember in years, especially this year with expectations. Yeah. All right. We, we probably should have done three keys for the Nets to get a victory, but we'll start <laughs> We'll start with uh, Charlotte. Matt, what are the three keys for Charlotte beating the Nets? Um, well, well, we can do the, the Nets ones together. We can work through okay. those. Um, I thought about the, the Charlotte one. Um, so I, I was trying to figure out like what makes this Charlotte team click. I've, I've seen a couple of different stats. I know I saw one stat on Twitter. It was like in games that they've won their, their margin, I guess their like collective total margin is like plus 17 points is what they won by. So a lot of close okay. victories. And then the games that they've lost by, it's like in the 200s. So they're either wow. barely winning or getting absolutely blown out, which kind of okay. tells you that this is like a little bit of a fluke start to me, at least. Like, at the, the, you know, like say what you want about the Nets and their start to the year, but they're at least in games, <laughs> at least yeah. when Kyrie was on the floor. We'll see if that stays, stays the case. Um, but the thing about Charlotte was that um, I think, what do they come back? I saw somewhere like they've come back in seven games. That's like, that's like kind of the worst case team for the Nets is a team that like plays hard in the second half and is, you know, kind of feisty and gives you hell, uh, especially like in third quarters and stuff. Like that's just a recipe for disaster essentially. For Absolutely. The Nets. So that would be their key to victory. Just keep doing that. And this Nets team will easily bend over. I mean, that's the thing we've learned this year. So, um, so that's one of them. Two is, I would say, like, so P.J. Washington, like, rookie out of uh, Kentucky, he stayed an extra year there. Uh, He's shooting, like, 48% from three. You know, I mean, Markkinen had every open look in the game uh, against the Bulls and and just couldn't connect on anything until the very end when he hits this stupid step back with, I don't remember who it was, (laughs) draped all over him. It's like, of course, he gets that one. You know, that's like classic Bulls right there. Like, Zach Levine takes a, a pull-up with a guy in his face and Markkinen hits a pull-up with a guy in his face, but they still lose by five. Like, yep. that's going to be the, the story for that team. Uh, P.J. Washington, though, man. I mean, 
guy that's really surprised people. Like this rookie class is so weak that he's somehow, I I feel like almost in the rookie of the year conversation. So that's, that's definitely a tough matchup, especially at the four right now, you know, say what you want about Prince, but I mean, defensively, I just think it's been disastrous. Um, And especially for a stretch big like that, that can go inside and do a little bit in the post where he, where Prince is capable but also eke out to the three and kind of sneak behind quietly and, you know, lift from the corner to the wing. That's a problem for me because that's where Torian Prince has been really rough to watch in a lot of he games. gets lost. He, he gets lost on defense. It's, it's crazy. I, I have not watched a guy that's that spacey on defense in quite some time. I mean, it, between him and DJ, like, it, it's <laughs> two guys that I just – I can't remember watching two guys more frustrating on defense yeah, and consistently. But- yeah, absolutely. It's so weird with Prince because if, if he's covering a guy one-on-one and somebody's like backing him down in the paint or, you know, at the key, he does great. He's amazing. Yeah, he's really good. When, when the ball movement's going around and somebody's running a little motion offense, he doesn't even know where his man is. It's, it's crazy. I, and it's, it's not like teams are doing that much with his guys. No, no, it's, it's nothing crazy. No, it's like they, they, they move ever so slightly. They like relocate from the corner a little bit. The, like the, the the slot or the wing, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's not like only... it's, it's not a it's not complex offense that he's dealing with, you know. Not, not not at all. The only thing I can say about PJ Washington is he's a little undersized as well. He's a six seven two thirty. Okay. So I, it's not he's not going to be overpowering him, but I could one hundred percent see Prince losing him. This guy hitting like five threes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's number two, and then number three. Interestingly enough, I was looking at. Three point attempts because the the Nets have been very willing to li- uh, to give those up. Yep. Um, right now, the Hornets are eighth in three pointers per game, two uh, two slots behind the Nets. Uh, they're taking thirty five point nine threes per game. All right. Unlike a lot of these other like high volume teams, they're actually hitting quite a few of them. They're hitting thirty six point five percent of their threes. So. All right, so they make about thirteen a game. So they're, they're yeah yep you're on it. So. Uh, they're they're killing it in terms of uh in terms of in terms of shooting from deep and that's kind of what's kept them in games it's made up for uh you know not having top end talent will that remain the case i don't know because this is not a very talented roster but right now that's what they're getting by on so yeah so that's that's my three i mean if they can do that and you know if they can make the nets pay with some three-point shooting and you know get get open like that then i mean good for them (laughs) (sighs) It's, it's it's my nightmare, man. Um, I, I will say, I think the Nets have cleaned up their three-point defense just a little bit. Like, there's certain guys that bother me, but it's not as bad. Now it's just like this, like, I almost feel like it's the mid-range now that's just crushing them. Yeah, I, I agree, especially last night we saw that. But yeah, their pick-and-roll defense, I think, is somehow getting worse. I, I didn't even know that was possible. I, I saw you put a stat up today. I think it was I, 30th in the league in pick-and-roll. Yeah, 30th. 30th out of 30, and that's not they're, good. Team who runs the pick and roll just just a little bit, right? Yep. Yeah. Not not good. I mean, I somebody commented and said that uh, Lowe was talking about how teams like are are terrible at defending what they're best at on offense, which is kind of funny. But I mean, that's what you practice against in practice, which is weird, right? You think you'd be better at that, but I don't know. Maybe it's like you're overthinking it because if you become really good at something and you learn different ways to manipulate it, perhaps you overthink that on the other side of the ball. You're thinking, oh well, maybe they could. You know, he could he could slip this pick, or maybe he could uh, yeah. he could pop to the three, and you just sort of overthink it as a defender. Yeah, that, that I, is... that's my only explanation because I it makes no sense to me. I mean, that's why the people love the pick and roll offense because the offense always has the advantage because they can counter whatever the defense is doing. Yeah, right. 
but you, right. you could be right there. Something to watch out for. Um, so how the hell do the Nets get back on track and win this game, man? I, I'm, I, I was tweeting a little bit today how I think that this same group of guys who won in Chicago and they got their asses kicked last night, is, is gonna, they're going to show some pride. I, I think they got to be pissed off. Joe Harris and Spencer have to be pissed off. DeAndre has to be pissed off. Jared Allen probably just went home, played some computer games, but maybe he was a little angry too. Yeah, you know? probably. <laughs> um, so this is the part of the schedule where we need to climb back towards 500 or else, I mean, this season can get lost in the sauce quickly with this Kyrie injury. Right. How, how do the Nets win tomorrow, man? What do they have to do? I, I mean, I, I would say just go to Joe Harris early again. I mean, he's the one guy that seems like he's been setting the pace for them which is crazy. I mean, Dinwiddie, like, he has his possessions where he drives you nuts, but I've been pretty satisfied with him. And then with this team, I don't really know, like, what else you're going to get. Like, the, you know, you can say what you want about who they lost last year, but they they missed certain things on offense from some of these guys, like the Ed Davis putbacks, the, 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 uh, the, the Damari, like, random free throws that keep them in the game. Yep. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, man, that was just so nice because he would just stop the action for a second, you know, and, and draw contact essentially. He, yeah. I think he averaged like six free throws last year. Did he? he just, yeah, it was something wow. crazy. Six, five free throws, which is a lot for a guy that's you think of as being a three and D guy. But yeah, he had this weird skill of being able to get to the line all the time and just like sort of catch guys wrong footed. Um, and he wasn't even a good driver. Like he, he kind of had moments like if he wasn't getting fouled, he'd look kind of how Prince looks where oh. it's like he doesn't really know what to do once he gets close to the you know, essentially close to the cup, but Prince found, or uh, uh, Damari found a way to draw contact and it really stopped the ball for them. It's essentially like a timeout in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, nice. Whereas Prince has no clue what he's doing. I mean, his, his best look when he gets to the basket is that like fadeaway jumper just because he has a height advantage. Yeah. Yeah. When not clicking, he looks like shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, there's a lot he has to work on, but sure. Certainly is this is this is a prove it year. I mean, that's why they gave him that that deal essentially. You know, yeah. if just play him out this year and like if if he doesn't develop at all, flip him into something. You know, he's he's then becomes like an expiring. And yeah. what's good about his money is that he's like a mid tier salary, so that's pretty easy to match. I mean, he's making what like fourteen million. Yeah, Unless, it, uh, no, is it? It's two years from that, so it's still like, it, it, regardless, it's still like a mid tier deal that they'll be able exactly. to flip into something. Easy to flip. You could throw another asset in there. You could get into a bigger trade. Um, yep. Yep. So, so your your gut of guts. So, what do you think happens tomorrow night? I almost think the Nets are the underdog. Like I know that betting lines won't say that. In fact, do you? I'm sure you're going to do the betting lines at the beginning. Uh, I am, and the the Nets are favored. The last I saw was four and a half. Four points. and a half. The, the Nets are terrible against the spread this year. Um, they keep yeah, being it. and losing games outright. But, yeah, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. That's pretty considerable, right? I'm not, like, a huge betting guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get, like, a point-and-a-half or two points for being on your home court. Okay. Um, everyone else is pretty even. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a – that's that seems pretty considerable to me. Um, I mean, in terms of a score, uh, I have to look at how much opponents have been scoring against them the last couple of games. Yeah, I mean – 110 seems to be the parameter for how much teams are able to get to even the Bulls and yeah. that offense, which looked decrepit at a lot of points 
was uh, they, they got to 111. So um, this Hornets team, which has been scoring the ball well, they hit a lot of threes. I might push them in like the 125, like one. God, if I put in 125, I don't know if the Nets can get to that with what they're running. I, I don't know either. I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, this is like, it feels wrong to like say of all the games where I say they're going to lose is to the Hornets, but I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't love this matchup for them. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a talent barren roster versus a talent barren roster. And one seems to have a little bit more of a, uh, just a little bit more of like a, a current system or something like that. Um, something, a will to win. A will to win. Uh, yeah, and like a little bit of like no one believes in us at all. So like that that karma aspect really helps too. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say – maybe I won't go to 120 with, with the Hornets, but I'm going to go with like 119 to one, 111. Hornets win. Hornets, yeah. Okay. Had to pick up. Had to pick against the uh, Nets at some point. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where I'm gonna go. I guess when when I do the intro to this pod, I'll, I'll make my pick, and I think I'm gonna go with the Nets, but I, I feel really uncomfortable about it. Yeah, like maybe we just need to reverse jinx it a little bit. I would know? love that. I would love that. <laughs> Matt Brooks, it's yep. been a pleasure as always. We will uh, talk again soon. Yep. And, uh, look forward to discussing this game after tomorrow. We'll do. We'll do. Thank you, sir. Thanks again for listening to the pregame pod. We'll be back Friday with a double dip covering the Kings and Knicks game. Uh, shout out to my girl, Chloe, for drinking her water while I talk during my intro, as you guys will hear. And her playing with her ball right now always makes for a great pod. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.